0: Hi, and welcome to the Worship from Lutheran Church of the Nativity podcast. I'm Pastor Naomi C. Carriker, and I'm the Senior Pastor at the Lutheran Church of the Nativity. Welcome to worship. I am so glad you have decided to listen to this podcast whenever you've decided to listen to it. My friends, welcome to worship. It is Palm Sunday. It is the beginning of Holy Week. I am so excited that you are joining us, whether you are with us from Facebook or YouTube or through our website, or you're listening through our podcast or our new 800 number. Thank you for joining us for worship, however and whenever you're able to be here. I do encourage and invite you, if you're a member, to check your email. And if you're not, please check the website for signups to our Holy Week services, we will have a 7 p.m. Monday-Thursday service, a 7 p.m. Good Friday service, and a 7 p.m. Easter Vigil service, which may or may not have sparklers at the end of it. So you want to come to that one. Easter Sunday, the time is going to change again. So if you'd like to be here in person, that will be an 8 o'clock, 10 o'clock, or 12 o'clock service. Also, for those of you that would prefer not to be in this space, but would like to gather for worship, I invite you to our Outdoor Worship fun on Saturday, April 3rd, which is Holy Saturday at 10 p.m. at the pavilion outside. You're going to get to be with me, and we're going to talk about Holy Week and all the things accompanied with it and share in communion. My friends, it is good to have you here. Thank you for being with us. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Let us pray. Everlasting God, in your endless love for the human race, you sent our Lord Jesus Christ to take on our nature and to suffer death on the cross. In your mercy, enable us to share in his obedience to your will and in the glorious victory of his resurrection who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.
1: Amen. The first reading is from the book of Philippians, the second chapter. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave. that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God.
0: This is the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 19th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. After Jesus had finished teaching in Jericho, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. When he had come near Bethpage and Bethany at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why are you untying it, just say, The Lord needs it. So those two, were, those two who were sent departed and found it as he had told them. And they were untying the colt. Its owner asked them, why are you untying the colt? They said, the Lord needs it. Then they brought it to Jesus. And after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus upon it. As he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. As Jesus was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Now some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, Order your disciples to stop. Jesus answered them, I tell you, if these disciples were silent, the stones would shout out. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. My friends, grace to you in peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Like many of you, I grew up celebrating Palm Sunday with loud, festive processions. Sometimes they began outside and we made our way into the sanctuary. Sometimes, because I grew up in Vermont, there was too much snow on the ground. Yes, on Palm Sunday. Or it was too cold, so we celebrated in our fellowship hall before making our way to the sanctuary As a child, I remember waving the palms that were those thin strips, which, incidentally, made excellent whips. And so the congregation that I grew up in affectionately started calling it Whip Sunday. But with the members of the congregation, I would wave my palms and shout, Hosanna! at the top of my lungs! I did this without even knowing what the word Hosanna meant. I assumed it was like the churchy version of, yay, you're awesome, or yay, we love you, or yay, you're king of everything. It doesn't. In Hebrew, it means something far less joyful. Hosanna means save now. As in, Lord, we are desperate. Lord, we are frantic. Lord, we're in trouble. Our praise is steeped in need, want, loss, and lack. Ho- lack. Hosanna, Jesus, save us. Save us now. As Debbie Thomas from The Journey with Jesus Webzine says, if you resonate with this plea as you come to the end of Lent, May I offer a word of reassurance. It's okay. All of this. All of this authentic hope hope wrapped in all of this honest fear. It's okay. That is what Holy Week is all about. If the Palm Sunday story is about anything, it's about dazzling hopes and disappointed expectations. It's a story about what happens when the God we want and think we know doesn't show up. And another God, a less efficient, less aggressive, far less muscular God shows up instead and saves us in ways we didn't know were possible. However, there is a problem here a problem for the people of Jesus day who were willing to ce- who were celebrating his triumphal in- entry into Jerusalem and it's still a problem for most of us today because ultimately the gospel is to bring comfort to the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable this was how Jesus lived his earthly ministry Bringing good news to the poor, the outcast, the widows, the orphans, the marginalized. This was the message Jesus carried with him as he rode into Jerusalem. This was the message that turned the crowds against him as they were expecting a Messiah that would physically overpower and overturn the Roman occupation. This wasn't a message. That the people were expecting from their Messiah. And so the crowds turned against him as quickly as they welcomed him. This is the message that caused an already violent and oppressive system to listen to the crowds and to nail Jesus to the cross. This is the message that continues to cause discomfort for us today as we wrestle with our comforts and discern ways to reach those in need. And what does this discomfort look and feel like for us? It looks and feels like knowing that Christ is always for us, but not necessarily always on our side. It looks and feels like finding the ability to have our political beliefs challenged and changed when they run askew or completely contrary to the gospel of Jesus Christ. It looks and it feels like finding the ability to faithfully balance faith and science for the sake of the environment it looks and feels like finding the ability to advocate for those who are working multiple jobs but cannot afford to pay rent, pay childcare, pay for basic health care expenses. It looks and it feels like finding the ability to recognize our privilege, be it race, gender, socioeconomic class, in a country where people who don't inherently have those privileges feel and lived live oppressed in numerous ways it looks and feels like finding the ability to hold a place and listen and provide education for those who feel their privilege threatened while at the same time calling out their privilege it looks and it feels like finding the ability to rejoice when we are vaccinated But continuing to take precautions for those who are not or cannot be vaccinated. If the gospel simply feels like a call to be comfortable in the life that we are currently living, then we are not hearing what the gospel is really calling us to do in the world. And if we continue to sit comfortably, Knowing that we have a relationship with Jesus in our hearts and that's all that matters, then the point of the cross is completely lost on us. Because we don't need Jesus to be crucified for us to have warm and fuzzy feelings about him in our hearts. We don't need Jesus to be crucified in order to proclaim and name him as our personal Lord and Savior. In the crucifixion, God changed the course of the world and changed the course of our salvation. God's death on the cross, God's entering into hell to destroy the powers of sin and the devil, God's destruction of death itself tells us that sin will never have the last word, death will never win. So may that be more than just to lead us to feel warm fuzzies for Jesus in our hearts. May that be a call to action in the here and now, to serve as Jesus served, to care for the poor, the hungry, the oppressed, the marginalized, all of those who feel lost and forgotten, the orphans, those at our borders, people who cry out for justice and those who have lost their voices because they have cried too long. And none of that work is easy. None of that work is comfortable because the work of truly sharing the gospel with those in need is complicated and tough work. Jesus paraded into that holy city so that those of us who proclaim we are true followers of Christ would see and know the lengths to which God will go for all people and for all of creation by intentionally going into a politically charged situation where the sin of the people and the sin of the system would ultimately kill God's own son, God's self. And yet God would do something tremendously wonderful to turn everything upside down because that sin, all sin, our sin, would would not have the last word. Death would never win again, ever. So as Jesus rode through the city as a sign to bring peace, He ignored the pleas of the Pharisees to stay quiet and instead he said, I tell you, if these disciples were silent, the stones would shout out. These words were a threat to the Roman occupation. These words were a threat to the status quo. These words were an intentional disruption to the earthly powers that were oppressing the people. And these words continue to call us today. These are not words of comfort. They are a call to be like Jesus in the world that so desperately needs to know Jesus. The Jesus who cares enough to continue the work to change the broken system in the world here and now. Yet, if we fail to do what we are called to do, if we fail to help to overturn the broken and sinful political and social structures of our day, if we fail to speak out, even the stones will cry out, God has chosen you. God has chosen us to speak and proclaim the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. A gospel that proclaims grace and forgiveness. A gospel that proclaims that we should meet the other where they are, not persecute them for being different. A gospel that proclaims we are to care for the poor, the hungry, the widowed, the orphan. A gospel that cries out for justice. God has chosen us. But God will not necessarily wait for us to take action. If you and I do not speak out, do not cry out, God will make creation, the very stones, cry out. Because we know, and God knows, things must change. And God will make the change come about one way or another, with or without us. So let us not wait until the stones do our job for us. Let us cry out for justice now. Amen. We are gathered by God into one church through Christ. Together with our siblings throughout the world, we confess our faith. I believe in God, the Father, almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again,
1: On this Sunday of the Passion, we pray for all in need, responding to each petition with the words, Save us in your steadfast love. O God of majesty, mercy, and might, hear and heed our fervent prayers. For the church around the world, that the faithful be nourished by your presence in the word. For bishops, pastors, and deacons, that they be strengthened for their tasks of ministry, for those who are providing the necessary technology for our worship at this time. O holy God, we pray to you, save us in your steadfast love. For the earth, that it be saved from pollution and disregard, for endangered animals that they and their habitats be protected, for scientists, that their knowledge of your Earth will guide our society's choices. O creating God, we pray to you. Save us us in in your steadfast love. For peace throughout the world, for an end to terrorism and religious violence, for all elected leaders, that they serve the common good O oh, mighty God, we pray to you. Save, save us, us in your steadfast love. For the countries hardest hit by the coronavirus, for the fearful and the sick and their families, for medical personnel and hospitals. O oh, compassionate God, we pray to you save us in your steadfast love. For all who are facing the criminal justice system, for those wrongly accused of crime, for those who are incarcerated, that they be kept safe. O righteous God, we pray to you, save us in your steadfast love. For those whose needs we know, for those whose needs are hidden, for all who are sick, for the hungry, for the dying, for those we name here. O benevolent God, we pray to you, save us in your steadfast love. With thanks for this holy week, with thanks for the support of our community of faith, with thanks for the saints who struggled through life and died in you. We praise your salvation now and unto our end. O eternal God, we pray to you. Save us in your steadfast love. Accept these prayers and the prayers of our hearts, O God, for the sake of the crucified and risen one. Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. Amen.
0: The peace of Christ be with you always. And with
1: me.
0: My friends, I encourage you to share a sign of the peace among your household, or if you're by yourself, make plans to text or call someone later today. Share a message on social media or just pet your pets. And the power and the glory forever and ever amen my friends hear the teaching of christ you shall love the lord your god with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength this is the first commandment and the second is this you shall love your neighbor as yourself also Hear the teaching of our Lord. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. And so, my friends, go forth into the world to serve God with gladness. Be of good courage. Hold fast to that which is good. Render no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the afflicted honor all people, love and serve God, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. And Almighty God, creator, redeemer, and sustainer, bless you now and always. Go in peace. Walk humbly with God. Thanks be to God.